Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah. Here with me, as usual, is the man who is, like, so fantastic, even though he doesn't camp, we won't hold it against him, Therapy Jeff. How you doing, Hello. Therapy Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you? I was going to call you the man who, like, doesn't camp and hike, but maybe could be open to it. <laughs> And a compromise because of a person who's dating? Yes, yes. I could maybe possibly be open to it. Could maybe Uh, possibly. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. Uh, How am I? I'm doing wonderful and fantastic because I am uh, packing up and getting ready to leave on Mm. Eli and my first ever like romantic vacation. We are going to Europe. We're going to, uh, uh, where the heck am I going? Croatia. Uh Uh-huh. So we are going to have a, a fun little like summer vacay and it's been a minute since I did a little traveling abroad and I'm very excited. Yeah. Do you think you'll travel well together? This is a good question. Um, I, I will say yes, because I travel well with everyone. Oh, really? Yes. You seem I very am, confident about that. I am confident about that because mo- people have told me. They never travel well with people, and I'm the only person they could travel with. What's so lovely about traveling with Sarah Rice? I am the most easygoing person, mm. but also if you need me to be the one to get us from point A to point B, I, I got you. And I am no, uh, uh, I have no problem talking to strangers or asking for directions in foreign countries mm-hmm. and trying my best to communicate with locals. So... I got you. Like, if you want me to take a back seat and just be along for the ride, I'm your gal. If you want me to, like, take the reins and make sure we don't get lost, I'll bring that BDE and I got you. <laughs> yeah. So I I, 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 I'm confident in that. I just, uh, there, I, I do recognize that I have the potential to be triggered on a vacation because of past vacations that have not gone well Mm. with like, I've had some of my best slash worst fights on vacations. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Like slamming a hotel door. I don't do that anymore, but I did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like those old timey wooden doors that in like some small town that like was really loud and shook the whole hotel. I have regrets. Not this relationship, but, you know, so I'm just remembering that, that he's not those other people that I fought with right, right, and right. everything is fine. So. That's good. Where, where is somewhere you would never go on vacation or in the world? Um, I'm not a big fan of like city vacations. Oh, really? You wouldn't go yeah. to like some huge, like you, would you go to like London I mean, nah, I wouldn't, that wouldn't it's be not for that me. Interesting. No. no, I need a good balance of nature and outdoor time and mm. relaxation. So anywhere that has like a, a beach or mm-hmm. has like a, a day boat tour you can hop on. That's so, where but I'm would you go to like Tokyo? I could do Tokyo. I told, <laughs> I told Eli cause Japan was one that, that was on the list of like possible places. And I said, if I'm going to go there, I want to go in the winter so I can go snowboarding. Cause they've got amazing do mountains. Oh. So I gotta be chasing the pal as they say, <laughs> the pal annoyingly. Pal. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what about you? Are you a good, are you a good travel companion? Would you say? Um, I think I'm average. Oh. I think and I'm I should say right the other the thing that helps is that I have a, a, a solid tummy. Oh, that's good. That's no important. problem with the travel mm-hmm. tummy over here. So I should mm-hmm. add that because that, that if you have a travel companion, who's like, I yeah. can't eat anywhere because my tummy issues uh-huh. anyways, continue. Yes. Back to you. Um, I, I can be very fun. I love to talk on the plane. I ask interesting questions, oh. give even better answers. <laughs> um, as we I, know, uh-huh. <laughs> I, um, I'm very, I can be very sweet. I love a romantic vacation, especially one when we're going to like a beach and we're going to be pampered. We're going to get all the massages. We're going to eat really yummy food. I I, can just lean in into that and feeling really good about that. I am, um, just a, a, a good energy to be around, but if you need somebody to like help you navigate, I'm horrible at that. I'm so bad at taking trains and subways and buses. I'm very bad at reading maps. I have, Um. 
poor reading comprehension skills. So anything that needs to be read and understand directions or even a menu, I'm, I'm not. I can I point you. at stuff. Yeah, no but I'm... Um, but I, I, I can make sure that we're going to have a good time no matter what we're doing for like seeing the sights or if we're just laying in bed or if we just want to be sexy all the time or like swim yeah. in the ocean, then I'm your guy. Good attitude on the trip. I have a good attitude and I am pretty emotionally resilient unless everything goes wrong, then I'll fall apart. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. That sounds about average. Which feels appropriate. Sometimes you're going to fall apart and that's just what's going to happen. You know, I just don't, I don't want to go anywhere where I'm really cold. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Because that's uncomfortable. Like you don't want to be. It's uncomfortable. I also have my fingers and toes will snap off my body. I have, (laughs) I think I have horrible blood circulation and I'll just start snapping apart and (laughs) all I'll be is just my torso and I'll die. We can't have that. We need all of you, especially because we have so many listener questions to get to. And one that's just like a perfect segue because one of our uh, lovely listeners wrote in and said, that she's going on a vacation with yeah. her partner. And her yeah. question is, uh, well, first she said that she absolutely loves this changes everything and has to say that it's been transformative. So oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love hearing that. <laughs> and she says, first, how do you handle your first vacation as a couple? There's so much riding on this because there's this idea that you're either going to emerge from the vacation stronger or you're going to break up because there's no way that a vacation isn't going to be stressful. How can you calm your nerves and just go into it with positive vibes? I'm, you know, I think the problem is they're kind of right. You know, (laughs) there, there, a lot of stuff can come up on vacation. It's, it's a good stress test for you all for the relationship. So you can really kind of see different sides of the person. And if you're going to be in a long-term relationship, you want to see all the different sides, all the weird ones or uncomfortable ones or stressful ones or upset ones or ones, you know, if you're, if you're in a different country and you don't speak the language and you get really overwhelmed with it, you want to see what they're like, because this is going to, so so sure, there's. I feel like there's a lot of there can be a lot of pressure on a vacation, but it's maybe not the worst thing in the world to put that pressure on it because you want to see what's going to happen and how they're going to react to stuff. You know, absolutely. And you know, I, I even in what you and I just did, mm-hmm. we negotiated our roles. Mm-hmm. We talked about like, okay, if we were on a vacation, what would you do well? What would you want to do? What. Uh, uh, things are you good at and what things do you struggle with? And right there in that, you know, without even really trying, we established that I'm going to be holding the map Mm -hmm. and he's not going to be the one deciding which direction we go on the subway. And so I think that those kind of things can help paint more realistic expectations than this idea of like, you know, the romantic trip that you see all over Instagram or movies or whatever. It's more Mm -hmm. like, let's have realistic expectations of what our roles will be on this trip. You know, like I love all these TikToks that are about like people videotaping their friends who is like the airport dad, like mm-hmm. like the guy in the friend group who's like, give me all your passports. I don't trust you. Who like gets there two <laughs> hours early and like make sure everybody's luggage is like tagged. And like, there's going to be like that person. And there's also going to be somebody like me who leaves my passport in the cab. I didn't actually mm-hmm. do this, but I might. That seems mm-hmm. on brand for mm-hmm. me. Like... I always know where things are, but I do leave them places. <laughs> it's good that you know where they are eventually yeah. so you can yes. get them again. I always but, yeah. remember. but uh. it, So, yeah. So, I think maybe negotiating, like, to calm your nerves a little bit. How do you calm your nerves and go with positive vibes? Talk a little bit about those strengths and maybe what you're not good at. And, you know, who's going to even... I remember I had an ex who got really frustrated because I... I would take a while to like, I wanted to carry my luggage myself. It was like mm-hmm. that. And you know, we got to like go fast cause the doors of the train are closing mm-hmm. and he would like grab the luggage for me to like throw it on there. And I would get upset that like he was grabbing the luggage. So we had to have a conversation about that 
And he's like, well, I'll, I'll take the luggage. Cause like, we're in a hurry. And I, I said, okay, so from this day, we're setting a precedent. Like we're saying right now that you are going to be the one. Cause I don't want to be like, sometimes you do it. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes mm-hmm. I expect it. And sometimes I don't. And it's just right now. Cause we're in a hurry. So can I just trust that from here on out, when we are like loading onto a train, you're going to grab my luggage and you're going to do it unless you need help. And then you're going to ask. So I'm not going to look like I'm the lazy one. Who's like expecting things. If I just let you handle it. No, not at all. I want to handle it. Great. Now we've established mm-hmm. that move on. It was never a problem before, but it was an issue until we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're open to having these conversations, working shit out and kind of like trying to be not judgmental or annoyed as much as you could be just kind of being direct about how to problem solve in the moment with these things. Yeah. yeah that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many things to problem solve when traveling. Yeah. It'll, yeah. it'll be, it'll, I don't want to say it'll make you it break you, but just no, I mean, it, it most likely won't. won't make or break you, but you'll learn some important things yes. about each other that you'll want to integrate into the relationship as you move forward. <laughs> right. What do they say? Uh, smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. Yeah, so these exactly. are like the, the rough seas that you got to yeah. navigate to learn the skills that'll exactly. carry you through the rest of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into the next question, time to talk about one of my favorite go-to nutritional supplements that's helping keeping me feeling healthy and energetic. And that of course is AG one delicious. Yeah. And lots of people ask you about like why you're looking so healthy and feeling so great. This is the answer you give them. I really, because I I'm thinking, I'm like, I am a pretty, uh, uh, predictable. Like I I've done all the same stuff for Mm -hmm. the last like five years or so, like no habits have really changed with the exception of getting this as one of our sponsors. And then, you know, like I say, Eli fell in love with the stuff. So he started drinking it. And I think also our dentist, shout out to Lona. (laughs) He also drinks it. And Eli's like, well, every, all the doctors in our life are drinking this stuff. So we got to too. And yeah, we, so I, this is the only thing I've really changed in my routine. And I feel like I have tons of energy. I feel like I'm very glowy. Like I feel mm-hmm. just very healthy. I don't know what it is. It just like, maybe like a, a, a what do they say? Rising tide floats all ships and it just like healthy habits create more healthy habits, but I'm digging yeah. it and I want you guys to try it too. Yeah. You should all try it. Sarah is looking and feeling great. Yes. Uh, Sarah and Eli and their dentist, yes. one out of one dentists recommend. <laughs> That's totally true. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, so if you want to be like all of them, you should try AG one and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG one travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink one.com slash TCE. That's drink one.com slash TCE. Check it out. I've got a question, Sarah. Yes. Is it normal that my boyfriend is jealous of my dog because <gasps> I also need to take care of my dog? Oh, goodness. I love this question. (laughs) So start with this. So is it normal? Do you think it's normal? Do you think that's a typical experience? No. No. So if you're dating somebody and they love their dog, hang out with their dog, they have to like leave the relationship sometimes to go on walks, whatever. They cuddle with their dog. You're not going to be jealous of the love and affection. No. No. You're very sure about this. As a... Uh, former dog owner, RIP yes. Bo. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of your duty as a as a dog owner. Uh-huh. I would say uh, if it were me and and it was my partner that had the dog and I I, w- I was feeling those kind of like pings of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want to see how I can be more involved with hanging out with the dog too. If that's a big it, it's clear that the dog is an important part of your partner's life. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, my partner loved anything a lot, like so much so that they were like leaving the happy relationship to go do that, I'd be like, take an interest in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also are a dog person, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think, I didn't even think of this as Uh from the 
perspective of a non-dog lover. A non-dog person. Yeah. So here's a little mm-hmm. secret about Find me. Find a cat person. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not really a dog person. You have a um, dog. I have a dog that I take part-time <laughs> ownership of, which means that like I, I am with my dog maybe once a week and we have like a fun time together. And then I give him back to his mother, my ex-wife and they have their life together. So I, my dog's name is Josh and I'm a Josh person, but I don't know if I'm a dog person. Okay. Okay. I love my Josh. Although mm-hmm. I, I was just taking care of him for eight days in a row. And that was a lot for me. It was not enough for Josh. He loved yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Uh, but oh. it's sort of the, it's the responsibility of it all. Of, I have to like devote two hours yeah. at least per day to this right. dog. Cause of all the wa- walks and care right. and playing and stuff like that. And I have a good time, but it does get in the way of things. And I end up date, like if you're, a person in Portland, you have a dog. This is yeah. just sort of what happens. There's cool. nothing we can do about it. You arrive to Portland and they hand you a dog. Mm-hmm. They're um, like, here's yep. your flannel and your dog. Yes, here's your flannel, here's your dog, here's your quirky indie pop music that we're <laughs> yeah. all going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was, when I was dating, when I was first trying to, when I was looking for a girlfriend this time around, I was trying to find a girlfriend that didn't have a dog and it wasn't because I know this is not a good look for me, but I'm I was saying I'd be like, you. it's impossible. It, the first of all, it's impossible. But the reason that I wanted to do that was because I want to just sort of be yeah. spontaneous yeah. with my partners and not think about, well, we have to get back in four or five or six hours. I want to be able to do whatever I want. And so I'm not jealous of Alex's dog, uh-huh. um, but I resent that dog sometimes. Okay. I because... think that's very good to get a, a better understanding of the emotion that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I jealous of the dog or do I resent the dog? Even mm-hmm. that can help shine some light on what to do with yeah. those feelings. And it's, it's not, I don't like, it's not the dog's fault. The dog is a cutie. It's Alex's fault. She needs to do better in life. <laughs> it's nobody's fault, obviously. Right. Um, and that the, and so there's a big difference between I like I wish that the dog wasn't didn't take up as much time because then mm-hmm. we would get to spend more time together. But I'm not going to like it, it, I'm not going to take that out on Alex. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make life harder for all of us. I'm going to integrate the dog and understand that the dog is a big part of her life. And it might be a big part of my life if we continue down this path. Yeah. Um, but sometimes dogs do create feelings of resentment or even possibly jealousy, I guess, in this situation. I think, Sarah, for you, the way that you're responding to this is sort of it might be like a really big red flag or a deal breaker if somebody was jealous. <sighs> of your... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah if somebody sure. brought that up and was like. I have like you don't spend enough time with me, and you you're taking too much care of your dog. I'd be like, buddy. <laughs> but I, I I can also see because I always like to play both sides. I always like sure. to to think, you know, what could possibly be going on here? Could it be a situation where like, uh, I sometimes I. I am jealous of my friends with kids who get to be like, oh, I got to, I got to go home. Mm-hmm. I got to, mm-hmm. I got to put the kids to sleep. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't, ha- you have a babysitter. You don't have to go home. You're just using that as an excuse to get out of here. And I'm just jealous because I don't have the same excuse. So I've definitely done like the, oh, I got to go walk my dog when it's like not oh. a good date. So oh, interesting. Maybe she's uh-huh. using the dog as an excuse to get yeah. away from the boyfriend and right. causing jealousy when it's really not the dog's fault. It's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool there, enough. There is, <laughs> there. I, I mean, there are. I, I can kind of see how this could be. I've been, I've been jealous of mm-hmm. certain people, and it's surprised me before. Like, I've never been jealous of a dog or a pet, mm-hmm. but I think I was jealous when my sister had her first kid. Then all of a sudden, all the like attention went to this kid in the family Uh and like, and there was something that I felt really insecure or jealous or envious about. And there's no reason that I should, but I guess it makes sense. You know, there's a shift in the dynamic. I'm not getting the attention, the little bit of attention that I wanted or whatever. Um, So sometimes we have 
jealous reactions that feel a little funky and we need Mm -hmm. to be honest with ourselves and dig into where it's coming from. And if your boyfriend can't work through the jealousy issues of your relationship with your dog, then yeah, good hard. Yeah. That's, that's on him to kind of work through. That's like a, he's got to communicate those feelings in a healthy way. And then he's got to handle them. If, if you being with your dog, causes him to feel jealousy that's a him problem not a you problem and your dog sounds adorable we love your dog we totally love <laughs> Sarah your dog. Does at least so summer is here and let me tell you there's nothing your gal loves more than a glass of white wine in the summer mm-hmm. i think maybe the only thing i love more is having amazing wines like selected and picked for me and delivered to my doorstep for an amazing price. I live in one of those states where you can't just get wine at the grocery store. You Mm. have to go to a specialty place. And if they do have it at the grocery store, it's like stuff you don't really want. Like, no, I want the interesting kind, like the varietals I've never heard of before, the ones that get really good like ratings. And I get all of that and more with First Leaf. I am so in love with it. I, I mean, maybe it's just because it's booze, but like, <laughs> I love a wine subscription so much. And the other night I was, so I got my subscription at like my box and everything. And it had a mix of like white and reds, but like I said, I love the white wine, so mm-hmm. I drank that first, and I just had reds left. And we were having sushi and like sh- sh- sashimi, yes. So I, they, it comes with my the box comes with this like wine chart that helps you like decide which wine mm-hmm. like help, it's like a pairing chart. And mm-hmm. so I was looking for what would pair with the kind of fish we were eating and the flavors that we had. And wouldn't you know it, one of the Pinot Noirs that they delivered fit perfect. And I'm not kidding. Whole, it was delicious. I had I would have never put that together myself, but red wine and sashimi, fantastic. Or, or Pinot Noir and sashimi, amazing combo. So thank you, First Leaf, for delivering wonderful wine to my door and for introducing me to like pairing combos I would have never known about. Yeah, wine feels so overwhelming and complicated yes. to me, but they make it so easy and simple. There's some, there's a little helper with you the whole time. Yes, that's what it feels exactly. like. So to make sure you've got great wine when you want it the summer, you've got to try first leaf. Just head over to firstleaf.com slash TCE to sign up and you'll get your first six hand curated bottles for just forty four ninety five. Go to try firstleaf.com slash TCE. That's T R Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash T-C-E to get your first six bottles for under $8 a bottle. Try com slash T-C-E. Yeah, and they will taste like wine that is the price of the entire box for one bottle. For real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Okay, here's another question. Mm-hmm. Is it true that we should be single for some amount of time after we've spent, after we've just gotten out of a relationship? What do you think? Have you ever heard it where somebody's like popped into a really healthy relationship where they're like a better version of like, and that? <laughs> I mean, I feel like the, the obvious answer, especially from us therapists is go ahead and take some time between relationships. That's mm-hmm. just automatically. We're going to say that, but there's always an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Like you should, you know, be aware of rebound relationships, but there are some rebound relationships out there that have led to long-term marriages that were incredibly happy and super successful and healthy. Yeah. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. <laughs> you it, should it, take some time. Yeah. Cause I think what, what really matters is, is asking yourself, like, what are you looking for out of these relationships? And mm-hmm. to understand that it's hard when we're in a place of grieving in a way, a, a past relationship to really have an honest idea of what we want for the future ones. Mm-hmm. Cause we may just want what we were missing from that one. Mm-hmm. Or we may just want to like fill a void 
Exactly. Yeah. So is it, are, is it coming from a place of desperation? Yeah. Are you doing it to avoid grief and pain and loss? You just like don't want to go on the grieving process. If you're, if it's coming from a reactionary oh, yeah. place, yeah, um, mm-hmm. you probably should do your best at being single and processing mm-hmm. your feelings. It's also just sort of unfair to whoever you're dating. If you're deliberately not dealing with your emotions right? Uh, and it's, and it's putting you in this place where maybe you're not totally yourself or you're comparing them against your, your ex way too much or something like that. Um, so I'd say you don't always have to take a break, but it's based on how much emotional processing you need to do. Yeah. It's the emotional yeah. processing and, and the, uh, I know exception or the time where, or, you know, sometimes people who are married will get divorced and that process of getting divorced takes so freaking long. And a lot of times marriages don't end until like really end and, and they've, be, they've maybe been over in some way for a while. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I hear from people like what that person like isn't even divorced yet. And they're, that's fine. You've done the work, you've done the process, like you've been you know, dragging your feet, maybe I'm getting divorced for five years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you don't need to be like, Oh, I need to be single for six months before, you know, mm-hmm. cause maybe emotionally you've kind of been single for a long time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So do the processing, do the, do the work. And like you said, don't burden the next person with like, it's be fair to the next person. That's right. And you know, at the same time, I think some people can get hung up on, I have to be 100% healthy in order to hit the dating market again. Well, there's no such thing as 100% healthy. Like the only way you're going to learn is through like, and even like what you've, how you've grown and, and you have to have the situations that test you in order to see how you will respond in those mm-hmm. heightened situations. Exactly. So, okay, here's a question. All right. It says, okay, so I'm single for the first time my whole life. At 29 years old, I've been in long-term monogamous heterosexual relationships, and I just went through my first real breakup six plus months ago. I broke up with him. My needs weren't really being met, and I've done so much healing and inner work now, but now I have the ick with guys. Uh, this happens every date I go on. I'm getting really comfy in my solitude, but I also crave connection and healthy adult relationships. How do I find a middle ground here? And she says, I even like the guys, uh, great conversation, compatibility and chemistry. I think they're cute. Might even want to have sex with them. And then I just get the ick, even though they did nothing wrong. Is it me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of. Uh, yeah, it probably is. I mean, to a certain degree, maybe not, but it's mostly you, I would imagine. I say that that gut, that ick that you're getting, mm-hmm. what is that telling you? Mm-hmm. What is that guiding you towards? Maybe at 29 years old, as somebody who's been in relationships for a long time, that gut is saying, you do you. Do something to prioritize what you want to do. Maybe it's okay to embrace being single for a little while and, you know, let, let yourself enjoy some time with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. One of the most helpful books for me was the book wild by Cheryl Strayed. Mm -hmm. Do not see the movie. I love Reese Witherspoon, but it is not nearly as good as the book as you know, usually is. Um, but that book, it was so helpful for me in being okay or giving me an example of, of somebody who is brave enough to prioritize their needs mm-hmm. and just say like, fuck it, I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like the ick is a pretty trendy, popular thing these days. Yeah, I don't about. even know. Get, we talked about it a little <laughs> in a previous episode, but Break down the ick for me. So the ick, according to therapy, Jeff, which might Mm. not be 100% right, but this is how I interpret it. 
is you're dating somebody and it's usually kind of early on in a relationship, maybe just the first few days or the first month or something like that. And you're getting a little closer possibly. And you go over to their house and you see that Mm -hmm. the curtains on their walls are bed sheets. And you're like, no, I'm out of here. I'm not attracted to you. I can never kiss you again. This is like, this is totally over for me. This is not okay. And I'm leaving. Bed sheets as curtains, not the best look, uh-uh. but it doesn't define who the person is. Like right. there's, it's usually an overreaction or you're going out to dinner and all of a sudden you notice that the way that they scrape their teeth on the fork when they eat them, it's just like, this is disgusting. I can never see this again. I got to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Um, so that's usually something small, something actually annoying, yeah. uh, like a flaw or an imperfection. Or something slightly unattractive, and you just hyper focus on it, and all of your like lovely, wonderful, sweet feelings that you had, maybe like too many feelings that you had, maybe mm-hmm. you were kind of like really kind of getting a little too attached too fast. All of a sudden, you snap back into reality, Aww. or what feels like reality, or what am I doing here? I got to get the fuck out. Um, so that is typically how the ick manifests. I think maybe you know when you add that component of it sometimes happens when the emotions have been like too much too fast Mm -hmm. and this is like i don't know your brain like putting on the brakes but pulling them too hard Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you need to slow down but now we've come to a screeching halt so it might just be that you should take that as you need to slow down instead of i need to throw the baby out with the bathwater right or kind of like sarah saying you need to kind of pay attention to what's going on for you do you want to be in this relationship where are you like have you been thoughtful about uh, what you want in this relationship or where it's going Mm -hmm. um there's there's always something underneath the ick that can tell you something that's important uh so but if you're just focusing on the bed sheets that he uses as curtains again I hate that look, but that's mm-hmm. not actually the problem here. But it, maybe the bed sheets represent something. Maybe the way they eat like uh, is um, symbolic of something. But let's try to get down to what it is. And and if you keep on experiencing these different icks, one after the other uh-huh. after the other, then there's something that you're probably like you're the common denominator, right? There's something that you're probably doing to sort of sabotage. You're looking, you're scanning for something to sabotage the relationship. So you're gonna have to eventually integrate these imperfections and flaws or unattractive qualities if you want a longer term relationship or you can bail every time if that's what you're looking for yeah that every behavior serves a function and if you're getting the ick all the time what function does that serve if it serves the function of you needing time to be single and wanting to explore your own interests then you're going to keep getting that Mm mm-hmm Okay. Well, here's a question for you, Jeff. How the heck do you stay hydrated when you live in a place like Denver and it's summer and a million billion degrees outside? Uh, here's the answer. It's liquid IV. I absolutely it. love these liquid IV packs. And so does all of America. This is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I do my part in contributing to those <laughs> high too. numbers. Because like, if you listen to my other podcast, the Brain King podcast, we've been talking about liquid IV for years. It is so fantastic. It is, uh, like, like we said, like this powder hydration packet that will hydrate you three times more and faster than regular water. It's got all the stuff that just, yeah, makes you hydrated and hydration. If you, as somebody who lives in high elevation, and is often doing things that make them dehydrated and somebody who doesn't really like to drink water. I have felt the effects of dehydration. Heck, when I was on the challenge, I went I went out in one of the finals for mm. being dehydrated, like mm-hmm. disqualified, left in an ambulance. So hydration is something I am passionate about. And I am grateful to have Liquid IV in every single travel pack. I have it even like in little cups, like in our guest bedroom. So like people, because if you come to Denver, Guaranteed, you will be dehydrated, and we got to do all the help, all, everything we can to help you out. And I got Liquid IV to help me. We love Liquid IV. Regular water is so 2015. Liquid this IV is, is current. It's on trend. It's very cool. Yes. Just like Sarah. Just like me. It's for real people. It has real flavor. It's real hydrating, and it's now sugar free. 
Oh, I didn't even IV. know that. Yeah, sugar-free. Exactly. Okay, Eli's going to be very happy about this. <laughs> Eli, this ad is for you. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco. How convenient. Or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TCE at checkout. That is 20% off anything you order when you use the promo code TCE at liquidiv.com. Check out that tangerine flavor. Mm, delicious. What do you think your ick is? Like what people like see you do? Oh, what, what, what do people yeah. get icked Mine out has got to be biting my nails. I mean, that's got to be just. Uh-uh. Um, it could be that, and this is a real, yeah, this is a real feedback I've got. I am somebody who maybe a little too soon into the relationship or getting to know you. I allow myself to do farts. Oh, you'd be I'm very welcome like, in, in the Harrison family in Eli's <laughs> family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's gross. Right. But I'm also just like, I, if I don't do a fart, then my belly right. gets like a lot of pain. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I just like need it out and need to let it out. So that could be an icky thing. I also that could be an ick for somebody. It seems like it might be an ick for you, Sarah. Uh... <laughs> well, I had I got a talking to from the family because on a what? on a podcast I was talked to I was talking about how like I I I don't know about that like I can't do it I like didn't fart in front of Eli for forever and his mom was like Sarah we need to have a serious talk. You need to let that go. And I mean, actually, just let it go. Like, who cares? Move mm-hmm. past that. People do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. This is triggering. So yeah. did that give you the permission? Totally. To allow- it's fine. And now okay. it's like, I don't even care. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I made a, a look a at post- him. I make big eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> I made a post happened. about this on did you? Uh, TikTok just this past week. Because this is a thing with me and Alex, or like mm. uh, I'm going to do some farts here and there, and I think they're funny. Farts are always hilarious to me, um, and she thinks they're funny too, but she doesn't allow her body to right. fart. And so I'm just yeah, like, you got to do it, yeah. And she's so she's trying to get there, and hopefully not trying too hard. That can be an accident. Well, that's the thing. It looks like sometimes <laughs> she's going to poop her pants, and uh. I get worried for her. Yeah. No, so. there's a nick. That would definitely be an ick. Also, I crack my knuckles a lot, which interestingly is an ick of like, I don't like when people crack their stuff in front of me. I only uh, want to be the one that's cracking. I don't yeah. want to see anybody else. Isn't that weird? Knuckles. Yeah. Ugh. It's like the stuff we do. Like, I'm like, ugh, don't do that. No. Yeah. yeah. Make a weird like throat clearing noise all the time. There's like a bunch <sighs> of stuff that like bodies just being bodies. I used yeah. to love, there was a show that was on, I can't remember what, what channel, but it was with Tom Papa, the comedian, and it was called The Marriage Ref. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, yeah. I do remember I that. I fucking mm-hmm. loved that show where they would have like three couples and, and they would be like, uh, one partner would do something super icky, like super, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I remember one that was like a guy who had his dog stuffed into like a very aggressive <laughs> position and he he like demanded that the dog be in the living room and the uh-huh. wife was like i don't want your stuffed dog in an aggressive position <laughs> in the living room every time i come into the like I, it freaks me out and and then the audience will like vote on whether it is like a <laughs> like is this who's right who's you know is this uh-huh. something that they need to change to get rid of and so i love that great. show for all those reasons but there's gonna be stuff like i i always like to think what would 90 year old me say and 90 year old me would be like okay so he farts every now and then look at all the other wonderful things he does what are you gonna like get rid of the relationship right because of a couple toots no right exactly relax yeah some of those room diffusers um this is a question and we can kind of expand on it because it's maybe symbolic for some other questions but the question is does being a single mom really hurt my chances of meeting a high value guy? Not one little bit. Why do you say that? Sarah? Because there are, there are high value guys that see that as a good thing who ha- are come coming with kids themselves. Mm-hmm. There are, high, there's a lot of, you know, when I look at somebody who's a single mom, it says a lot about mm-hmm. the, things that they've taken on and their, their yeah, capabilities who are, and who exactly. they are. And yeah. So, and, and you know, there are a lot of guys out there who want families. 
mm-hmm. who want and and some who are very happy being stepdads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and really, really are, content in that. Those could be really high quality guys. Who are those like are high quality guys, right? Yes. Yes. So will it weed out some people? Yes. yes. That's and a good way to put it. Maybe that's a good thing. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, but this is this, this question sort of reminds me of, I feel like we all have this, um, is my baggage going to get in the way quote unquote yeah. baggage? Cause a kid is not baggage, but, right. but we feel like sometimes right. having a kid or having a, um, some sort of trauma or mental health issue, even or being divorced. I thought that being divorced. Yeah. yeah is that going to get in the way of me finding somebody who's a really good fit? Uh, and I think that, I don't, I don't know. This feels like one of those self-fulfilling prophecy sorts of things of just like, oh, I'm probably not going to find somebody who's really high quality. So I should go after people yes. that are like not the greatest matches <sighs> for me, but you know what I mean? Right. And then it sort of reinforces like, see, this is all that's available and I don't deserve to be with somebody that's really good. It just perpetuates. That is a very important uh, people listening. <laughs> Press pause, rewind it one minute. Listen to that again, because what he just said right there is so, like, are you setting yourself up? Are you creating this cycle mm-hmm. yourself because of what you believe you are deserving or not deserving of? Mm-hmm. The person you have to convince of what you are deserving of is you. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, I am des- a high quality guy. I am worth a high quality guy. And when you go out there like, labeling yourself as somebody deserving of a high quality guy, people who are not high quality guys won't be interested. Mm-hmm. It'll, you'll become a magnet for people like that because you were saying in a way it's almost like setting a boundary and like being like, this is what I expect. And, but if you believe that you are deserving of less then you will get less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just sort of, that's just kind of how it works, right? Like you're just sort of, you're putting yourself out there and you're expecting something to be true. And then whether it's whatever you believe, whether it's your, like you're manifesting what you're putting your mind on, or you're just noticing like psychologically, our brain is going to sort of, you know, if we say, Mm -hmm. look at all the red cars, you're going to notice all the red cars sort of bullshit. Like these are the things that you're magnetizing into your, into your reality. And this is what you expect to find. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick time out and talk about uh, the answer to all of your money questions, and that is rocket money. Jeff, uh, you and I have been using this for a yes. while. Mm-hmm. We both love it. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how I feel like they've somehow like gamified saving money for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm in like some competition with like last month, Sarah, and I love when they alert me and they're like, hey, guess what? You've spent $400 less this month than last month. I'm like, whoa, winning. Love it. I love it. And I love when they find subscriptions that I had no idea I was paying. Discovery Plus. Oh. I never actually signed up for Discovery Plus, but my ex-girlfriend did. And oh. I've been paying for it. But Rocket Money was like, hey, let's like make, you know, do some like good closure with your ex-girlfriend and get rid of the subscription <laughs> yes. that she signed you up for and is using on her Apple TV oh, and not yours. Yeah. Yeah, so that was very satisfying, and I hope she's suffering and now has to pay for her own Discovery Plus. Also, my PlayStation uh, subscription, I don't even play PlayStation right now. I'm just like a Nintendo Switch head. So, yeah, Rocket Money was like, you're not using this. Let's cancel this for you. So I just click a button. They cancel it for me. It's so convenient. Yes. I love hearing like the real life stories because everybody I talk to who uses this is like, oh, yeah, let me tell you this one that I had this and this Mm -hmm. and this and it was somebody else who was using it. Yeah. So Rocket Money, check it out. This is going to help you with all of the personal finance stuff that can be really overwhelming and like – yeah, yeah, cause a lot we, of stress. Exactly. We don't have time for this. We want Rocket Money to take care of it for us. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel all your unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That is rocketmoney.com slash TCE. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Is it fair? I don't want to be dismissive or like, is it fair to say, will it be maybe a little more challenging 
sure. There may be, it, it might be, like you said, you might have to look a little harder. You might have to weed through a few more people who mm-hmm. have, you know, dumb ideas on, on people <laughs> with kids. But right. that's in the long run going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the worst thing, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sarah. Yes. Do you have any tips for attending a wedding oh. as a single person? Oh, Yes, I do. Do you? Don't try to one up anyone. <laughs> like, don't. I I will never forget a wedding that I went to after a breakup when I was like feeling a little too like, and I was wearing this dress that was so fabulous, but it did not need to be that fabulous. It um. was. I was like looking for people. I was very young. I I very quickly was like. This was yeah. you just needing. Know your role. Know your role. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Know it's your not like your day, Sarah. You know, right? <laughs> and it tur- so I, maybe that's just a Sarah problem. I don't know, but like I went in with a little too much of like I need some some validation from other people like that on the dance floor and everything. So there's something to be said though about like going to a wedding as a single person and feeling like there's something wrong. Like we, we, so many people take a date or their partner to a wedding. So all of a sudden now it feels like you're missing out. There's something wrong with you. Um, people might judge you. The reality is you're, it it is a wedding. It's Mm -hmm. impossible to, in the same way you're going to think about death at a funeral, Mm -hmm. you're going to think about love and relationships at a wedding. Mm -hmm. And just because you're thinking about it does not mean that, there's anything wrong with you not being in one or mm-hmm. in, like in a relationship or being married. Like it's, and I think maybe there's that fear that other people are going to come up and say things like, well, when are you going to get married? Why aren't you in a relationship? When are you going to date somebody? <sighs> Having exactly. canned answers to those kind of things are nice too. Yeah, that is. Um, do you, if you're a single person going to a wedding, are you looking to maybe hook up? For is sure. That- <laughs> Hotel room sex is the best sex. And we're going to assume that you're like staying at hotel this night. And if, if they were smart, uh, people getting married, they have an open bar. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely hooking up. (laughs) Yeah. It it can be, the thing is, is that a lot of people are thinking that, right? You're not just the only person that's thinking about hooking up. Yeah. So it's kind of a fun venue to be single at because who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Just like uh, know that you're probably going to, I mean, depending on how you're involved in this wedding, Mm -hmm. you might have to see these people again. (laughs) So, you know, if you're like hooking up with your new brother-in-law's you know, I don't know, somebody, mm-hmm. nephew, cousin or whatever. Right, right. And then like, it's awkward at the barbecue, you know, don't, don't do that. No, don't just do be that ready for yeah. that, that people are going to talk about it. People are going to, you know, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with that. I love no, a good wrong with it at all. wedding hookup. In fact, now that you say that, I'm like, I have definitely hooked up at weddings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job, Sarah. I, know. I, I love, love it. See it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's very sexy. I've done it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's another question for you. Okay, so he broke it off. We stayed friends. Then we started hooking up. How do I move it back into dating him? So Oof. this is... <laughs> This is one, and yeah, you're making some faces. I wish everybody could see the faces that Sarah's I making. just want to share a personal story. Uh, let's hear a personal story. Um, I, my ex-husband, I mm. dated, met, we met on Match.com. He was like the first person I went on a date with. I was like, yep. And then uh, we broke up for like two years and then we got back together and uh, I will be celebrating uh, like five or so years happily divorced, uh, <laughs> you know, this year. So that's my you, personal story. Yeah. Are you? So are you? Are you saying that maybe you're one of those people that says like uh, you broke up for a reason? Yes. I'm. I'm. You I remember that. I. 
here's what I know the brain does. The brain tends to soften the impact of negative experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we know that our memory is not reliable. Right. And so our memory of negative experiences will it, like, okay, you have like a bad breakup. 10 years later or so, the impact, the, the heartbreak, the feelings of that, not going to be as strong. But if we were to recall the magical moment when you and I met, we're going to remember mm-hmm. that. And that was happy moments for forever. So mm-hmm. we positively remember and, and, and like fondly remember and if be, better memories or more memories of these positive moments. Mm-hmm. And we downplay the negative ones. If you mm-hmm. translate that to a relationship, we're going to be downplaying the negative things that happened and remembering all of those lovey-dovey feelings. And then when we have that bit of like connection and nostalgia because of the familiarity of the relationship, it can make the intensify those romantic feelings Mm -hmm. when they are brought up again. Yeah. There's something that happens, especially when you're still not quite over your ex or you haven't grieved them. You look back on the relationship and you remember all the positives typically, and you create this skewed version of who they were. And one of the reasons your psyche is doing that is because it wants to get back into something that they, that felt comfortable or that you knew, or that you were getting, you were feeling chosen, or there was some sort of like affection or attention that you were getting there. And it feels too hard to go through the uncomfortable feelings and the uncertainty of the future of being alone for a while, or maybe even being with somebody else. Like, Oh, I couldn't imagine you want to go back to the, there's something really satisfying about imagining being with your ex and you have to get through that grieving period. And once you get through it and let it go, I don't know. In your case, Sarah, do you feel like you like, you know, it took, what was it? Two years between. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you let go totally? In totally. Those I was like yeah. super single mm-hmm. and I, it was, I think it was seeing me because I lost a lot of myself in the relationship. And then mm-hmm. when we were, and that was like a thing that really ended it. That, mm-hmm. And then when I was uh, broke, when we were broken up, I got a lot of that sense of like who I was and like strong sense of self back. Mm-hmm. And that's a very attractive thing. I, I really mm-hmm. knew who I was and I was like just crushing it in life. And he's mm-hmm. like, shit, I made a mistake. I'll let me try that. And there was a, a uh, a lot of work done to show me the things that I wanted to see in the ways that he had changed. Mm-hmm. And in reality, neither of us had changed because the relationship we had changed separate from each other probably. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he's in a healthier relationship now as am I, you know, and, but when we are together, we cannot be those healthy versions of ourselves. It only brought mm-hmm. us back to unhealthy versions of who we were before working mm-hmm. on ourselves. So yeah. We, yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Sometimes that just happens that there's mm-hmm. some sort of dynamic or triggering effect that happens between two people that you just keep on getting sucked back into an unhealthy dynamic mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it except for end the relationship. Yeah. And Mm. so just keep that in mind. Like, uh, do I think every relationship, like there's no such thing as like a second chance or people getting back together? And, and no, I think sometimes people can take very healthy breaks from the relationship and then, you know, maybe decide things that they really want or, or Mm -hmm. value or need or whatever it may be, or accept Mm -hmm. in the other person and then are really committed then that happens too. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, people aren't really going to change a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. Take it from us two therapists. People don't typically change. They like don't No, Even the, ones and you know, when they to, change the least, when you want them to change, exactly. They seem yeah. to do the most stay in the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I guess, how do you turn your casual relationship with your former ex into a more serious relationship? You just got to put it out there, I guess. If you really want that to happen, be straightforward and honest and let them know that you want to be in a more 
monogamy or whatever, you know, committed relationship, whatever you're looking for and see how it goes. It's hard to just sort of hang out in that. What are we, what will we become sort of place? Uh, very anxiety provoking. And that can often maybe prevent you from recognizing other good, healthy relationships that might Mm -hmm. be available. So like, yeah, just say what you need to say, get the information, like be open and, if it's something worth pursuing and the door is open, you know, try yes. it. If the door is shut, then let it stay shut. Yeah, exactly. And give your heart a little, yeah, break. Cause that is a tough place for the heart to be in. Of the... mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, before we go on, let's take a little quick time out and talk about What I'm super, super excited about is hopefully arriving in a few days. I just ordered a great print of my dog, Bo, R.I.P. Bo, from Easy Canvas Prints. And let me tell you, you know when they like the the answer is in the name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was easy. It was Mm -hmm. a great canvas. And I got an adorable print. And I am so excited for my print of little Bo to show up. I love that for you. There's something... So much better and more magical yeah. than like not looking on your little phone on the stupid little screens that we're holding in our pocket and actually like yes. putting it as art on our wall. Yeah. It also feels very retro and we love to be retro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? I, isn't that funny that like, I guess, cause we're taking it from a digital format and we're like, let's do the hand stretch canvas across uh-huh. that nice durable wood frame, you know, yes. like, like it seems old timey and classic. I totally get it. Yes. But also with like, I did like a fun, uh, I had took my favorite picture of Bo and then, I mean, it was so easy to like, just upload it all from my phone. You know, we all have those photos we want to turn into like pictures on the wall. And mm-hmm. I figured like Bo Memorial is like the perfect way to do it. So I like did one of those cool filters, like cartoony kind of filters on it. So it looks like an art, you know, like somebody painted it. And I ordered that. Yeah. It's and I, I always spend like way too much time trying to figure out like what art should go on my wall. This is the art that should go on my wall because it looks cool, it looks good, and it's personal and it's good stories to like tell people that come to visit my house. And we love yeah, it. I love yeah. It. So do not wait to elevate your home or office decor with a custom canvas print today. Visit easycanvasprints.com slash TCE. For a special offer to our listeners, get unlimited 16 by 20 canvas prints for only $14.99 each. What? Right? <laughs> it's cheap I did not, and affordable. Uh, what? I didn't even mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. And it doesn't look cheap. It looks really good. Again, that's easycanvasprints.com slash T-C-E. Those are the letters T-C-E. Easy Canvas Prints, turning memories into masterpieces. Order yours now. This is like genius for like a holiday season. You just oh like God. go perfect. wild in the month of Anniversaries, October. we love it for you. This mm-hmm. is great. Love. Okay. Here's another question, which is kind of along the same lines, I guess. But why is it so hard to let go of a short-term relationship? Oh. Uh, I feel okay. like I get a lot of questions like this. One of the reasons I think it's hard to, the question I typically get is I was in a really long-term relationship and then that ended and it sucked, but I was able to let it go. And then I had like a really short-term relationship that might've been kind of intense and it just sort of ended out of nowhere. And now I'm obsessed. It feels like, like folding a good hand in poker or something. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you just like folded a hand. You're like, fuck, what if that, what? What if I could have won the, won the whole exactly. thing with this? You don't know what it was going to turn right. out to be. So with the long-term person, you're like, oh, obviously not a good match. Sad, grieving, mm-hmm. whatever. But I know how it turned out. With the short term, there was potential, you thought. There was potential there. There was a future that you were imagining. There were yeah. so many things that you could have experienced with that person. And you're not just like losing out on the relationship, but you're losing out on the projection of the future that you've created with that person, right? Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that that feeling is much stronger if you were the one who got broken up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That yeah. it's like, man, they made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. But then I think back to, and like, do you want to be with somebody who only loves you thirty percent, or somebody when you love <laughs> right. them a hundred percent? Yeah. Exactly. Like, if it, what you really want is to be in a relationship with somebody who chooses you, 
Right. So you're, you're a lot of times you get stuck in the, but we're, we could have been, we were, we could have been such a good match. It's not a good match because they don't want to be with you. Right. And, and you don't want to be, that is like the, the, this is so much of the work that I think we do as therapists is we just like say the thing that is true. And I think deep down, we really know it to be true, but it's so hard for Mm -hmm. us as people to just believe that and, and trust Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, we want to hold on to the hope of, yeah, it's hard to let go of that hope. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. One more question. Let's see. Um, okay. Sarah, I've got a cue for the TCE. How do you deal with a partner's anger outbursts? My boyfriend and I have been together for just th- shy of three years. We've lived together for most of it. He's uh, the, quote, life of the party person that everyone loves. Uh, no one has a bad thing to say about him. And he's re- a really fabulous human being overall. But when he gets frustrated or mad, it's like all the air gets sucked out of the room and I want to crawl in a hole. He gets mm. loud, inconsolable, rude though never aggressive towards me. And it's like the world is out to get him. I'm a person who's pretty thoughtful about how I express my feelings. So it's tough for me to deal with this. It seems childish and messy. And I'd be lying if I hadn't thought I need to leave because I can't deal with this behavior for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. I mean, one of the first questions is I have for them is have you told your boyfriend about what your experience is uh, or like your Ooh. emotional experiences while they're getting really angry and upset? Like, do they understand the impact that you're having on you? You're thinking about possibly ending the relationship. They might need to know that like, that's how much it's hurting you or that's how scary it is. Or those are like some really big red flags for you. So have you plainly, clearly, directly told them about what this does to you is my first question. Yeah. And, and when she says it's like the air gets sucked out of the room and I want to crawl in a hole, it sounds like there's a, a lot of like her reaction to that yeah, and a lot of fear. I would, I would, yeah. And I'd say like, what does this remind you of? When did you, when else have you felt like this? There's probably a parent who maybe mm-hmm. modeled similar behavior. We tend to find ourselves in relationships with things that are familiar and behavior that is somewhat familiar. And yeah, that is a, yeah. a I mean, yeah, it sounds like you feel really unsafe when that yeah. happens. Like Sarah's saying, you probably experienced this when you were younger and when you were younger, you were literally unsafe. Most likely yeah. like that's really scary. Bad things can happen. You're a small little child. You're weak. Uh, it's very upsetting, but now as an adult, you're not that small little child, but you're probably regressing into that place because that's how it used to feel when you were like that. So there is, you know, a certain amount of power that maybe you can take back and grounding that you can do in order to know that like you, you could, so you might want to talk to him and be, and say like, okay, so when you get really upset and angry, I get triggered. It's very upsetting. Let's come up with a plan for this. (laughs) You know, when this happens again, because it's going to happen again, and it's going to happen like many times, maybe throughout the lifetime of our relationship, this is what I'm going to do. I'm either going to leave. I'm going to ask you to calm down. You're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to need you to like get in touch, but with like grounding exercises or breathing, or I'm going to, we're going to go for a walk or you need to do some exercise or I'm going to like Mm -hmm. have an actual plan for what you two are going to do when this happens uh, instead of just sort of trying to figure it out in the moment when everyone's feeling triggered. Yeah. And this can be hard to do without some help or with like this be hard to do when there hasn't even been a negotiation or like an understanding of, Hey, we're in agreement that this is something we want to work on. When one person wants to work on a problem and then surprise the other person with how we're going to work on it, sometimes it doesn't go over very well. Mm-hmm. So a step one is what Jeff said about com- communicating how this m- affects you. And we hope that you have a partner who hears, oh man, I'm really terrifying my partner when I'm reacting like that and wants to sit down and come up with a plan for when this happens in the future. 
But if this is a partner that says, well, this is just how I'm going to respond and this is how I deal with anger and you better get used to it. Then I think that that thought that you had in the back of your mind where you said, mm-hmm. uh, I had the thought I need to leave because I can't deal with this behavior for the rest of my life is an important one to listen to because like we've said before, we can't make other people change. We mm-hmm. can communicate how their behavior is making us feel in hopes that they care enough to change their behavior to not make us feel like that. But if they're not willing and we continue to put ourselves in a situation that uh, makes us feel like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, stay in that relationship, you're kind of giving them the green light that you're okay with mm-hmm. that response for forever. Right. Like it's not your fault. You're not right. to blame, but there's something about this dynamic that you're yeah. Yeah, participating in that maybe yeah. you can change. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it, it's either you're looking at it as, is this a solvable problem? What can we do? Or is this an unsolvable problem? Kind of like Sarah's saying right now. And then if that's true and this never goes away, what do you want to do about that? Can you be in a relationship with somebody where they always react this way? And yes we do no? not want anyone to feel like they need to be in a relationship where they feel scared mm-hmm. or triggered or like they have to crawl in a hole. Cause I'll tell you, there are great relationships out there that won't make you feel like that. Yes. And exactly. Yes. One last question. It's oh. a yes or no question, Sarah. Ooh, I love these. Should I add, should I add them on social media before a first date? <laughs> no, no. Such a good question. <laughs> Such a good question. No. Now, why no? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so not only would I say don't add them, I'll take it one step farther and I'll say uh, do not go through their social media. Mm. You are going to get a a curated, like, what you're basically going to do is you're going to start writing fan fiction in your head. You're going to make up stories about what he's doing, who he's with, what they're like, you know, exes, all that stuff. And you don't need to do that. And then you start creating this, this story about what the future is going to be like for you guys. And you haven't even gone on a first date yet. Like that is, we don't need to be doing that because that can also lead to a lot of disappointment and, and unrealistic expectations that aren't even rooted in reality or things that are, are, you know, real mm-hmm. or happening anyway. So like, don't do that. And if you're, if you're like listening to Sarah's response here and you're thinking to yourself, no, I could go through their social media and not make up stories. You're wrong. Thank you, Jeff. You're wrong. You you're are coming wrong. up with stories, whether you are aware of it or not. Right. There's expectations are being built. That is what the brain does. That's that. Exactly. It, it's, it's like how we understand reality. Yes. And if yeah. your mind is thinking, would I like to be in a relationship with him? Your brain is naturally going to go, okay, what would this look like? How do I keep myself safe? Is this the person I want to be with? But all of that. So just be in the moment. <laughs> just be in the moment. It's a good yeah. place to end. I think so. All right, friends. We'll see you next time on okay. This Changes Everything.